everyone, welcome back to Real Talk NFT, where we talk all things Web3. Super excited to have on today Oh Tong Sweden, who is just Chief Marketing Officer of Altava, a virtual platform defining fashion in the metaverse. Welcome, Oh. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yeah, before we dump, jump into Altava, please tell me like your background and what inspired you and Web3. Well, actually, I've always been mostly entrepreneur, so technopreneur, I guess that's the word. So I've been in part of several tech startups, some of which has gone to do well, um, good for them, and hopefully I contribute some to both success. Um, and yeah, I think in 2018, I had an opportunity to join um, my first blockchain project um, out in Korea, actually. And so that was really my first foray into the space, and you know, it was a completely wow wow s. I kind of sworn off it for a while after the crypto winter the first time around and somehow it pulls me back in. So here I am. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. You are you told me you're in Seoul, Korea. That's kind of like the forefront of everything Web3, in my opinion. I think the government there was the first to activate the metaverse for you know voting or whatnot. Uh, I mean, tell us a little bit about what's going on over there. Yeah, um, so as you correctly pointed out, um, actually, I think what they made the news a couple months ago because they kind of put the entire city of Seoul on the metaverse. So supposedly, you know, moving forward, you can start to do some admin stuff that, you know, basic admin stuff through the metaverse. That's kind of like a goal. So that was interesting. And yes, you know, to your point, I think um, obviously U.S. is one of the big market, but I think a lot of people need to know that Korea is actually one of the largest crypto market in the world. And it you just have to look at the exchanges and you can see that, you know, top two, top three Korean exchanges regularly rank in the top 10 in terms of transactions. So, yeah, and the, the, the other thing that's also interesting is that recently, and I think because of K-pop, K-culture, um, the, you know, Korea, especially Seoul, has become like one of the epicenter of fashion as well. And I think LVMH, you know, is the last show here, and Gucci as well. I was just there in March for my honeymoon. I know exactly what you're talking about because I, I and my wife, of course, we love K-pop music, K-pop shows. It's on the radio now in the United States. It's on Netflix. It's infiltrated everything. So you're absolutely right. Fashion wise, I see that the celebrities there, the actors, actresses there, musicians there are all like the global brand ambassadors for LVMH. I'm not sure if they have a secret handshake <laughs> or, or, or what's happening, but it's good to see that you guys are in the forefront there. Can you tell us a little bit about how you're merging that with your project, Atava? Yeah, so, um, you know, I will try to speak on behalf of my founder. So, you know, but I think he basically sees that fashion and tech, you know, is somehow will naturally merge, you know, and this was like about three years ago. And somehow, you know, at the time, he was actually creating more like a virtual world, you know, and that kind of evolved into a metaverse, you know, that we are operating today called Worlds of You. So, yeah, I, I think there's definitely, you know, that's his vision, right? And and I believe that's the right vision. And that's why I joined the company because, you know, and I obviously, you know, the fashion part always makes things a bit more interesting. Mm. Yeah, how does that, I remember seeing you guys on the news for working with big brands like LVMH, like Prada. How, how are you bringing that to the metaverse? Um, so I, you know, interestingly, right, if you look back at Web2, um, fashion industry 
was one of the last industry to kind of jump onto it. So I think that was a lesson learned for them. And what we find interesting from my own experience is that, you know, fashion is actually one of the first industry to jump into the Web3 space. And almost every brand that we've talked to, you know, from Prada, Bulgari, Fendi, you know, you name it, um, they all seem to have Web3 as part of their roadmap, interestingly, right? And, right. But having said that, I, I don't think for the most part, any of them know um, what that would look like. So I think the past 12 to 18 months, you know, that we've worked with a lot of these brands to help them identify, you know, the what they can do in space. I, I think they're, you know, uh, move into the space. It's just more like putting, you know, a flag in the ground and just have presence there so they don't miss it like the first go round with the web two. But I think it's still to be determined, you know, and, and they're still learning from the process. And, and that's kind of what we're seeing for the most part. Yeah. Interesting that you say they are the last because I think in 2023, they're, they're like the first ones making the big splash in 2023. Yeah. I think you heard about the, the LV $39,000 LV NFT. Dior just is coming out actually, you know, tomorrow with their Dior B33 sneaker that has a digital twin. Nike just teamed up with Fortnite to have the digital, you know, sneakers and there's so much more Adidas and then Lacrosse has, you know, they're I'm just seeing a lot of fashion this year with right. NFTs and Web3. Yes. Yeah. You know, like I said, right, because I think it's almost like make up, making up for the lost time, you know, because ah. Web2, because like I said, in Web2, they were the last to get in and that's why they were one of the first to get into the Web3 space. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. So they want to be, they don't want to be left behind this time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, so, and I, I'm, I'm glad because in some way I feel like there's a, there's a certain natural uh, connection to it. And I think you kind of touch on one of the aspects which I find interesting personally, right? Which is the digital aspect, you know, meaning that you have a digital twins to, um, you know, your digital asset, you know, such as NFT. Yeah, that's something new to me because in gaming, that's a lot of people are used to that, you know, having the, the, at least the digital version of it. But now we're hearing the digital term being thrown around, which is having both, you know, having the online presence as well as the offline presence of it. And I'm starting to see that more and more. You know, what, what's your thoughts on it since you're in the fashion world? What, what problems is that solving? What opportunities are there with that? Um, so let's kind of. I think that's a, to me, that's a multi-parts question. So let me try to break that down. Yeah. So, um, so I'll, I'll take the first part first, which is like what problem it is solving, because that's really the fundamental questions. So obviously, you know, when you talk to people, when it comes to just blockchain in general, right, people try to really kind of uh, justify why they're here and, you know, talk about different possible problems they're solving. You know, fashion including, but for me, um, the most practical example of it, you know, which I've seen work is a proof of ownership, right? And I'm sure, mm -hmm. you know, many many of your guests, when they come on and they talk about NFT, you know, they, they also talk a lot about ownership. And and I think that's especially applies to fashion because, you know, um, you know, piracy, you know, or like, you know, fake, you know, like uh, goods is like a multi-billion dollar business, right? So, right. you know, and, and, you know, and especially with luxury goods like, you know, you know LV bag or Gucci bags, you know, 
in every country, including U.S. and Korea, you know, you have these secondary shops that are that's selling like these second, third hand, you know, luxury right. bags. But how, you know, so the question is like, how can you trust that that's the right bags? Because we know that nowadays, like the great A fake is, you know, really close to the real, real thing, you know, so you have to be mm-hmm. really good at spotting, you know, the fake versus the real, right? Sometimes. So, you know, like, and, and I would say like a lot of these boutique shops that you go to to buy secondhand stuff, you know, the trust is probably more on the owner of the shop and the fact that it's basically there than the actually, you know, actual knowledge of knowing if the goods are truly real or not, right? And I think having a proof of ownership follow the goods, you know, while it would not completely prevent, um, you know, like the, the problem, I, I think it would lessen the, 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 the risk, right? Because, you know, mm-hmm. let's say I buy like this, you know, wallet and then, you know, I sell it to you. So, you know, on smart contract, you know, then it will show the history of now you earned a new owner. So, you know, and, and you sell it to the shops, let's say, right? Then they would also know that, okay, now the shop is also the real owner. So at least they kind of know that, that, you know, who's, who's a proper owner of that goods at that particular time. Now, if the shops or the person, you know, try to sell something fake still, you know, it's, that's kind of hard to prevent, you know, to be fair, but, but at least you do have that history, right? You know, that's on the ledger. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that's, that's a really, you know, interesting part of it. So now, um, to the second part of the question in my mind, right, is, you know, digital that you just brought up. Um, because I think the first generation of NFT, you know, people are talking about just purely PFP, right? That's a main utility. Um, you know, and because of the FOMO and the hype, you know, people just kind of all jumping into it head first, you know, without considering, you know, what does it mean, you know, in terms of their investment, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, many people buy NFT because they see that as investment. Um, and so I think, you know, and the key things to most NFT are utilities, right? And I guess having like a fit, ironically having a digital um, asset backing it probably gives it more value and more reassurance mm. of the value of that goods, you know, of that digital asset, you know, such as NFT. So I feel like the evolution of NFT from the first generation is just purely PFP. I think you kind of see more, you know, asset backed. NFT, you know, for this go round, right? you know, for it to work, because I think you know the, the days of the pure PFP NFT, I think, will, you know, I wouldn't say long gone, but it'll be a much tougher step. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The PFP wave of twenty twenty two is not as bright as it is anymore, and thankfully so. <laughs> I, I actually like purchasing NFTs with actual real world utility and use case. A fashion, definitely one of them. And definitely, I can't believe I didn't even see, you know, how it could fix the, uh, fix the authentication issue because that's a glaring problem, right? Uh, fake handbags. And in the US, fake shoes is huge, right? Fake Nikes, even that is a multi-billion dollar industry of fraud probably. So yeah, I, I'm very interested to see how they tackle that. I actually talked to someone recently that said on in the manufacturing side, in, in time, that once they figure out how to do so, uh, they can actually embed somehow, some way the technology into the raw material and the composite of these goods. They can make it, 
they could make it in a way where we can read it on a blockchain. And just that just blew my mind. I, it kind of went over my head, but he said that it was possible. So that would probably fix a lot of issues in the fashion world today. Right. Or, you know, I, sadly, right, um, the gray business has always been quite enterprising and innovative in its twisted way. And they would always find a loophole. But I guess the idea is just kind of lessen the, you know, kind of tighten the loophole. So it's just much mm. more difficult and hopefully expensive to try to overcome that. You know. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about the opportunities. I know, I know you guys are doing things locally there with fashion and pop-ups. Uh, how, how's that been? Tell us about your most recent one and kind of the the benefits of that. Yeah. So if, if you don't mind, then I guess we have to talk about, you know, maybe I need to articulate what, you know, our NFT collection is first. Yeah. To, yeah. You know, so to, to tie to your question, right? So you, you're probably referring to the AGC or which stands mm -hmm. for Ape Golf Club. So as the name probably implies, um, Board Ape Golf Club is actually a derivative collection that we license from Board Ape Yacht Club holders, right? So the three main holders that we license the, the, the IP from are, uh, elite apes. So these guys are like, I believe they're the largest um, BAYC collective in Asia. Then, oh wow! Then Animoca Brands um, was also the other licensor, and lastly, okay. the, the Sandbox himself. So, actually, you know, um, Sebastian, who's the founder of the Sandbox, you know, he personally licensed his own apes over to us as well. So, from these wow. uh, hundred thirty plus BAYC IP, we basically create a golf theme. You know, P, uh, NFT out of that, right? And then we put a lot of um, utilities, like the real world utilities, to your point just now, to it to kind of give it more value. Because you know, we always look at it from the perspective of if I'm the buyer, and I am, by the way. So you know, kind of, so myself and you know, most of my colleagues actually buy it with our own money too. So we have to kind of believe in it first and foremost, and we have to have, you know give it enough value, right? So a lot of the physical utility we attach to it are things like golf merchandises. And the other big thing that we attach to it is actually um, access to golf country club. So you could actually, you know, oh, wow. play it around with golf. And especially in certain countries, you could actually get into some of the most exclusive golf clubs that you otherwise wouldn't have a chance to get into. And, you know, uh, hot off the press, and, you know, you're the first to hear this publicly, um, we're in the process of signing a partnership with a, a company that would give our holder access to, I think, you know, golf club in over like you know, 28 countries around the world. So wow. That's, not, that's something like really exciting for us, right? So to the merchandise aspect of our utilities, right, that's kind of where the pop-up comes in, you know, because um, so we are creating, so we actually, within our group, we actually have a fashion design team. You know, uh, and this team is actually designing our first collection as well as our VATC um, brand goods. You know, and on top of that, um, Hyundai, and I think in the U.S., most people know Hyundai as the car company. Oh yeah, right. But mm -hmm. I'm not sure when you were in Seoul if you saw Hyundai department store. You know, they also operate. Mm. Yeah, they also operate one. Yeah, so they're one of the top three, four malls operator in Korea as well, because they're like a conglomerate. Wow. Or it's just one of their businesses, definitely not the only one. And Hyundai Group is actually one of our investors. So, you know, through that synergy, right, the, the department store business basically said, hey, why don't you guys, you know, do a pop-up with us? Because, you know, we regularly have this pop-up and it would be great 
guys there and you know you have some really interesting stuff. So yeah, so we you know through that partnership we actually did our first pop up last year in October and you know we just did it did again, you know, uh, like uh, a month plus ago that you just mentioned and referred to and yeah, it was definitely interesting because at the pop up we actually sell uh, NFT through the normal you know, cost. So people can actually use credit card, buy the NFT, and actually get the royalty points, you know, from the department store as well. Oh, and, wow. And, and like I said, right, because we didn't have the goods. And so then we can expand our fashion line to not just have the goods associated to the NFT itself, but people, people can just buy those goods separately on their own just to extend the brand. So, so yeah, I, I, I think people find it definitely, we got a lot of crowd, you know, and, and Sales event, I would say, like, you know, one would be okay for us, you know, but it's still part of the you know, growing process. Wow. Yeah, that I've never heard of a Honda department store. Definitely yeah. never seen that. There's only cars out here. And great to hear that wonder investor, too, that you're doing pop ups and, you know, three onboarding people through regular, you know, Web2 means through credit card. It's probably really hard to buy an NFT with crypto on the spot, even. And I know we're just trying to figure out that hump there. But wow, yeah. So the fashion piece of it was for the golf, the board a golf club, and that's something that, that you created yourself with actual benefits to maybe potentially, like you heard here, access. Wow, a lot of golf clubs in in different parts of the world. That's amazing. Yeah, and and I think the the, the, the so we have a four key utilities, right? I mentioned two. I think the most important one, which I kind of didn't mention yet, but we felt really proud of, is what we call like IP management, you know. So so with certain NFT, especially from Yuga Lab, you know, you you can actually license those NFT just like you with any IP, right? So that part we offer to our holders as well, but we kind of take it a step okay. further, you know, because if I ask you today, like, you know, even the holder of BAYC, right, in general, or CryptoPunk, how many of those guys have experienced, you know, doing IP licensing, right? I would right. say probably less than 10% would have that experience. So then what would the other 90% do you know, with their IP or to monetize their IP, which in this case is NFT, right? So that's why we also not provide just, you know, you know, so you can have option of handling that yourself, but we have a team in-house that's whose sole job is to actually go out and talk to brands and merchandises and help to then, you know, uh, license your NFT, you know, to them potentially, right, on the merchandising, and I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. some of the service fee, but so that's something that we kind of are, are doing as well with our NFT, you know. So, so I think taking it to the next level, I would say, on the IP rights management. Yeah, definitely, that's something I would be interested in in the future. To your point, you know, uh, I'm not a big fashion person, but having so- an expert handle that and that being a big part of people's identity now uh, is probably very, very useful. Uh, I never saw myself as a creator before, you know, stepping into the NFT space. But because of NFTs, I've actually seen myself more in that light now because I'm very involved with the NFT projects, different than Web2 companies, right? You're not really involved. Uh, Now you can be really involved in the decision-making. I just saw this on Lacoste website, the fashion company. They said, be a part of our decision-making for our brand. 
And the same thing with Fenty. Fenty is Rihanna's fashion line, and Rihanna's fashion line just did a, 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 a collaboration with Roblox. And the same message there, they said, create our next line of products on there. And, and I'm seeing this happen in real time, like this week right now. And, and those are the things we were never available before, where an average person like myself, or maybe a very influential creator can be a part of these brands. And, and if not a part of these brands, building a brand for themselves, building a fashion line for themselves. That's, that's more relevant today than it ever was before, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, and we're also, because our, our founder, he's also the holder of AYC also, right? So we're also part of the, you know, this kind of AYC Korea. Right, which is a part of the larger network of BAYC Asia, you know, and and, and yeah, and we've seen from that community, you know, because we have a gathering with them as well, and yeah, and we've seen, you know, what some of the interesting stuff that some of the members are doing with their Apes IP, and you know, I mean, I'm sure you've heard of, you know, more than hungry the burger chain, right? So, yeah, yeah. So like. You know, and you know, but but outside of that, you know, they, you have coffee, you have coffee brand apes, you know, like so you just have you know all sorts of products, you know, kind of putting the apes on there. So it was interesting, you know, to see. Nice. Okay. Well, let's take a step back really quickly and just talk about more so you in within Altava. I know you handle the marketing. What's kind of like your day to day look like? I know that you said we're still kind of in the testing phase of fashion and Web three, but just talk to the people who's listening who's very curious and maybe to want to be active in the space, you know, kind of what your roles are. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, cause when it was a, you know, bull market, you know, my job is easy. I guess I would say, <laughs> I mean, it, you don't have to do much and people get excited, but you know, obviously I would say since like the last six plus actually 10 months, you know, it's been much tougher. Right. So, so I, and I, you know, and I think we, we never look at ourselves as a Web3 company first and foremost, right? We see ourselves as a tech startup. So, mm. and my, 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 my founder, Andy, who, you know, this is not his first go around. So, you know, he made his exit before, right? So we have a pretty strong financial discipline from day one. So, you know, he's very clear about, you know, the PL for a different team and team leader, right? Myself including. So, you know, even on the best day, it was never like carte blanche of just spend, you know, anything you want to spend, right? So, you know, and obviously with the you know, bear, uh, winter market, you know, uh, with the bear market, I, you know, like, I, I think we're even more like, it's even more challenging because, you know, we, we have to be much more careful of our spending, right? But at the end of the day, the, the ROI or the goal is the same, you know, which is, you know, to how to keep the community, um, you know, engage, how to keep them excited, how to grow the community, right? And how to, you know, like, because at the end of the day, community is almost everything, you know, when it comes to a free project, right? They can make or break the project, you know, if if you do it right. So, um, so yeah, that's, and obviously, you know, it's much more challenging because we have a lot of FUD, you know, going around, you know, the past six to eight months. So, you know, if sometimes it's just damage control, like, or to control the rumors, it's like, oh, people heard this or that. And it's like, no, no, it's not true. So yeah, I, I think it's kind of balancing acts of kind of ma maintaining the existing community and try to then continue to organically grow them and you know and get our names out there because um you know so you know, quite thankful to be on your podcast for sure because um we don't get our name out as much in the western side of the world you know I mean we're fairly known quantity out here in the 
Asia Pacific, you know, not just Korea and even the Middle East, right? But but yeah, mm-hmm. but our name starts to kind of you know make its way into the you know, US and Western Europe. So I'm kind of, <laughs> so you know so this you know, so being here is kind of part of my job too, I would say. Yeah, yeah, no, we want to be over there. You don't want to come over here. Every auto crypto friendly people are migrating. All my friends who are throwing Web3 conferences are doing it in Hong Kong, Asia, Japan now. Uh, yeah, it's been a hot mess here. However, it is getting better. We have big financial firms just applying for a Bitcoin spot ETF. So the big boys might come soon again. And then after that is when, you know, everything's going to flow back into the NFTs, Web3 and the metaverses how we're seeing this. So we're, we're, we're feeling a little bit excited, even though the excitement escaped us and went over to Asia. <laughs> well, I've been keeping an eye on that too, right? I, mean, I probably have a mixed feeling on, on it, but, but yeah, I mean, in, in, you know, on the good part is that, yeah, you know, it brings more spotlight to the sector and maybe give it you know, so-called legitimacy to some, you know, more legitimacy, right? But, but at the same time, I hope that it doesn't shift everything away from the retail investors completely because, Know, mm-hmm. Those is here because of retail investors, right? In the first place, right? You know, before all the big guys come in, you know. And so in an ideal world, right, things will be balanced, you know. And, but let's yeah, got it. Yeah, well, it's awesome. Well, it's awesome been talking to you about fashion because fashion is not my expertise. Uh, although because of NFTs, I've gotten better at one art because you know art led the way with NFTs, and then two fashion. I've gotten more clothes than I can imagine now because of the NFTs that I own. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell us, you know, just to wrap things up, kind of what's next for you guys. I know that you guys have, you know, some NFTs caught second skin. I know that you guys just launched land uh, for your project. Uh, if you want to, you can tell us a little bit about that and maybe just what's next. Yeah. Um, so I would say, you know, um, land is interesting for us because it's also talking about our next direction as a company. Right, because I, I think much, much earlier on in the podcast, you kind of mentioned a thing about creating, like, you know, kind of being part of Fenty or creating their next collection, right? So, so one of the challenge that, challenges that we see, you know, that's re- related to us is actually creating, you know, digital assets and making it interoperable with different worlds. Because if you look at the, you know, metaverse space today, there's really no dominant player, right? So, you know, right. so let's say if you're on the web too, you know, and you said, yeah, I want to make video. There's, you know, just only like a handful of platform that you can think of, right? TikTok, YouTube, you know, um, right. and, you know, and not, not, you know, so it's kind of easy to know who you want to create for, you know, but when it comes to like the, the metaverse or the open world, there's so many, right? And there's no single dominant one. So like, so the challenge is like, you know, every time you create asset and try to make it work with every world, it's actually a very time-consuming time um, problem, mm-hmm. and it's not so easy, right? So, so we're creating a platform that's AI-powered, you know, that ideally would allow the creator to be able to say, hey, look, you know what, I'm creating this asset for, you know, let's say, um, like beyond, you know, one of your guests, um, to be, uh, as an example, and but then how can I use this platform through AI to then port it to other worlds, you know, easily without mm. having to redo everything from scratch again, right? So this is something that, you know, this our next direction, you know, and the platform that we're kind of, you know, in development right now to do just that, right? To tackle that very issue. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, and, you know, so to the land sale part, in a more practical sense, right? So the land, 
we look at the land as kind of if you recall back those you know old school like farming social game like farming game like Farmville, right? So having mm-hmm. a land would kind of be something like where you can mine from different materials, right? And from these materials, you can then actually create you know fashion item within our world first, you know. And when you create these items, you can then tokenize them into your own NFT. So it becomes a unique piece that you as a landowner who then create these fashion items from can own. And then, you know, you can then license these items that you create, you know, into our world and sell it to our audience. You know, so it's kind of like a microcosm of what we're trying to Mm -hmm. do and trying to, you know, get people to understand them. And ideally, these items that they create for our world, to my point, right, when our platform is completed, they can then shove it, you know, into that platform and ideally port that to, you know, other world like, like you know, you know, for example. So, the, so that's something that, you know, we're excited about and, you know, and we're, you know, our team are like, you know, have started working on the past month, literally. So, you know, we're excited to see where that's going. And, and actually, like, you know, um, with partners, I, I hope it's okay to kind of say their name because they were on your show, but... But yeah, but yeah, yeah. but you know, but but watch for the you know that announcement with them as well, because because you know, they'll be one of the first people that we'll be working with, because they also realize that their strength is not in creating uh, fashionable items for their avatar. So you know, so they was <laughs> right. like, hey, maybe you guys are more qualified than us to do that, right? And, and you know, and I would say that when it comes to game or open world creating, you know, developing prowess, those guys are definitely at a triple A level. Not at the same level as them, but when it comes to visual, especially you know like fashion aesthetic on the avatar, I mean we feel that we are one of the best in the world. So you know, so yeah. it's something that you know we you know, and we see that they're not the only one facing this issue, right? I mean a lot of the world have these similar problems. So we feel like yeah, if we can go in and help you know these worlds create these assets, um, you know through our platform, ideally um, that that will solve a lot of problems. Yeah, absolutely. And for the listeners who don't know uh, what you're talking about, oh, they have to go back and listen to the previous episode with Life Beyond Studios. <laughs> That's great because I did not know you guys were working together, but they are a you know a AAA game coming out MMO RPG, and to hear that you know you guys are working to them to potentially uh, have interoperable you know digital assets is great because I've seen your work with Prada; it looks amazing. And I just had this conversation today with somebody that with all these digital twin, you know, assets coming out with the likes of Dior and Lacoste, it would be great for it to be interoperable. Because just like you said, today in social media, it's very easy, right? Like I have a video, I can put it on TikTok, I can put it on Instagram, I can put it on YouTube, I can, put it, I can pretty much put it on everything. But to have that same, uh, uh, you know, publishing between all the chains and all the lands like you mentioned, I heard it's coming actually. I actually interviewed another individual on the, on our podcast who's also building a AAA game and said that that technology is is going to be here, if not here already. So uh, that's exciting to hear that you're working on something like that to kind of push the space forward. Yeah, for sure, yeah, for sure. And I'm glad to hear what you just said because that validate. I think that helps you validate you know, our vision for what we call Octava next. So yeah, glad to hear that. Yeah, it looks definitely looks like fashion and gaming are lead, leading the way for 2023 in terms of Web3 adoption. And I'm glad to hear that you have a hand in both of those, gaming and, and, and fashion. So I think you're in the right place. We, we, we do hope so. <laughs> 
Awesome. So I'm going to put all the links on how to find Otava and reach you and how to collaborate with you guys down below. And of course, in the future, we would love to, you know, have you back on the show to talk about our progresses. I myself would like to travel to Korea and probably do this in person because like you said, Korea is the fashion capital and potentially even the technology capital of the world. Yeah, I would, would love to, you know, have you here, you know, when you do. And actually, I would suggest um, Korea Blockchain Week would be, you know, a good timing because that's like the biggest one in, in the country when it comes to like, blockchain related show. So, yeah, that, 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 you know, around September. So I think if you were to come, that would be the timing I would suggest. Awesome. That's really soon. Well, oh, it's been great having you on and I can't wait till the next time. Thank you so much again for having me. Thank you. Bye. Bye.